Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the topics of security, technology, society, and human meaning. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that curates tens of hours of reading into a concise 15-minute summary, as well as regular episodes featuring essays, interviews, and book reviews on these same topics. The goal is to provide a weekly, concise, and curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 320. This is Daniel Meisler. Starting off with security news and with the war in Ukraine, there's a comment from Rene Deresta on what makes Volodymyr Zelensky such an effective communicator. And she says, quote, short recurring declarative sentences, calm delivery, looking directly at the camera. Selfie video format conveys authenticity. Every man of the people in every aspect of the formulation reinforces leadership while conveying humanity, strength, calm, and bravery. End quote. I think that's really smart analysis by Renee. Got here a list of journalists, academics, and think tank experts covering Ukraine, which was a Twitter thread basically saying, hey, look, these are the experts. Be cautious of where you get your information from. Russia says they'll respond militarily if Finland or Sweden joins NATO, which is super frightening. Like the, the rhetoric coming out of Putin is insane. He keeps referring to his nuclear arsenal, as everyone listening to this probably knows already. Elon Musk has enabled Starlink satellite-based internet service for Ukraine. 62% of voters say Putin would not have invaded Ukraine if Trump were president. 62%. Unlike most of the world right now, the Chinese internet sentiment is largely pro-Putin and pro-invasion. So that is disturbing. BP is abandoning its stake in Russian oil giant Rosneft and will write down $25 billion related to the three-decade investment there. Germany says they're going to increase their spending on defense up to 2% which is like $113 billion in 2022. And they reversed their position on not giving any weapons to Ukraine and are now sending weapons. Meta is going to ban Russian companies from running ads and getting paid on the Meta platform. The military gap between Ukraine and Russia is vast, but not quite as vast as people think. This is a really cool analysis, I believe, from New York Times. And Google has disabled maps traffic data inside of Ukraine to protect citizens. So those are some of the headlines around Ukraine. I'll have more to say on it here shortly. Next story here, the DOD is acknowledging that contractor consolidation has created a national security risk. And this is something I've worried about for a long time, because if there are only a few companies that need to be hacked, or China, or Russia, or whoever, North Korea, Iran, to gather all of our future weapons and future technologies, defense technologies. It's, uh, it's a bad situation because they're obviously good at going after companies. And if there's only like four or 10 or even 15 or 20, that consolidation is, is bad for us. It appears that NVIDIA is experiencing a major ransomware attack. And there are reports that they've actively gone after the attacker by encrypting their laptop with ransomware, also known as hacking back, which is generally frowned upon in 
most facets of security, but interesting. It's very early though, so I'm not really sure if these are going to pan out as stories. So I would withhold judgment for a couple weeks at least. This week we are sponsored by Jupiter One. The Cyber Defense Matrix by Sunil Yu is now available from Jupiter One. To defend their assets, organizations need a clear way to identify security gaps and tools available to address them. The Cyber Defense Matrix is a framework that helps you do just that. See why cybersecurity leaders are calling it an important strategic tool to help CISOs implement a high confidence security program. And if you get the newsletter, this week is the member newsletter, but it has inside of there the link to the Cyber Defense Matrix ebook, which you can download. Vulnerabilities this week Cisco updates multiple products up to and including system control. Ubuntu security updates going back to 1404 have been released across the operating system. And Cloudflare is buying Area One Security, a company focused on combating phishing. Cloudflare is just becoming a total beast in security. I mean, they're buying everyone. They just have so many services now, and they just keep adding it into their platform, making the platform more and more compelling. In fact, one of the stories I don't think I included was about someone apologizing for moving to Cloudflare. Evidently, they were probably a huge detractor in the past and talked a whole lot of crap. And then now they're realizing, you know what, this is actually pretty compelling. I don't have to do port forwarding. I don't have to do WAF separately. And a lot of people are migrating over. It's pretty interesting development just executing really well over there technology news amazon is about to overtake pandora as the number two u.s music streaming service with number one being spotify pretty sure you can now do telehealth visits using amazon alexa and a company called teledoc which they're using for the back end of the service you say alexa i want to call a doctor and it connects you via audio to one of their doctors and they're about to introduce video visits as well. I think this is super scary for other people in the space. It's like you're already in all these homes and people hate going to the doctor's office, especially during pandemics. So it's like the easier you can make this, like buying CVS or Walgreens or some pharmacies and having them in physical locations where you can get to them, but also being able to get there via Alexa and just talk to a doctor immediately. And of course, They'll be hooked up somehow to some sort of pharmacy or Amazon itself, where the doctor can then just say, okay, here's your prescription, and it'll be there in whatever, 11 minutes. And that's just amazingly compelling. And that's what happens when you build a giant platform like this. You could just start leveraging it to solve more and more problems. TikTok's maximum video length is now 10 minutes, up from three minutes just last July. and. Before that, it was only one minute. And I think this is likely to harm the platform in some significant ways because I think the constraint of one minute or even three minutes is pretty compelling. It, it forces you to be very creative in a short amount of time. So it cuts out waste. And I think that's what people like so much about it. If you have five minutes or you have 10 minutes, you can be more sloppy. And I think that's going to reduce the value density of the service. Human News, 41 million Americans believe in QAnon. 
And like I've said in the past, our problem isn't just social media or drugs. It's ignorant and gullible people who can't properly evaluate evidence in search of truth. And the numbers are 25% of Republicans believe in QAnon and 9% of Democrats believe in QAnon. A February 2022 poll from economist YouGov found that only 30% of independent voters approve of Biden's performance. 30%. Content ideas and analysis, a disturbing idea about business and human workers. There's an idea that basically haunts me every few months around the purpose of companies and the need for humans to feel valuable in the world. And this essay basically talks about that. And the TLDR here is that it's disturbing to me to imagine that companies are not there to employ anyone. And the only reason they have ever employed anyone is because they needed to. And you have this ever-present technology which keeps improving, and one of its main purposes is to make businesses more efficient. And one of the definitions of more efficient is having fewer costs. And human workers are a cost, right? You obviously get value from them, but if you can get as good or more value from another thing like automation or AI, that is the natural trend because you want to increase your margins. And that to me is crazy. I, I've just always imagined that there was an infrastructure, a fundamental human infrastructure of business, which was incentive aligned with humanity. And I don't think that's the case. I think it's been accidentally aligned just because we didn't have the technology to replace humans. And the better that technology gets, the less humans are going to have to do. And you talk about the risk of wars and, and conflict and struggle and these sorts of things. Imagine when we actually have what Harari talked about, which is the useless class. We have people. It's not a value judgment against them. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just AI is too good. Like, imagine that we were actually doing work, and the type of work that we did was chess. So, all this time we were gathering food with chess, we were building cities with chess or whatever, all the way up until the late 90s. So, for thousands upon thousands of years, humans were the only people who could do work. And in the late 90s, a computer could do it better. You still have the issue of like, how do you get the computer to everyone where you need to do the work and everything like that. But once it becomes a solved problem where computers are just better than humans, and it's not like we're going to get better than them later because we're going to study more. It's just a threshold that has been passed. That is going to happen for all kinds of human work. I think it's going to happen for programming. It's going to happen for art design. It's going to happen for potentially music creation. Like a lot of this is controversial and who knows how long it'll take, right? But there are many, many things that humans do and feel valuable that they're able to provide this for a community. And that is their sense of identity is being valuable. It's super important for humans. So I've always just thought that as long as there is business, there will be human meaning. But what if the work can be done without the humans. It's a huge problem. And I actually think this is why the metaverse is going to be so important. Not as a play area, but as a tool 
that creates an environment where people can still feel valued and can perform some kind of work where either machines can't participate or maybe we don't let them participate, whatever it is. There has to be a place where humans can go and exercise their creativity and their effort to get some sort of result. And you can't have the situation where everyone just knows, well, if a computer did this, they would do it better. We have to somehow insulate human psyches from that. And I think that's what the metaverse is going to be a huge part of doing. Interesting. I basically talked through the whole essay, just live. It's uh, another way I could possibly do this. And some additional thoughts here in this section on Ukraine. So I wish I had something smart to say about this situation. I, I really don't. I, I feel like I'm not an expert on Ukraine or on Russia. And I'm only just now learning about Ukraine's history, which is fascinating. And I feel like I just don't have much to offer here. I'm just disappointed that this type of thing is still possible, this type of war. And maybe that's naive to think about because everyone's focusing on this, but there have been horrible things going on in Syria and Africa and parts of Asia. And maybe they were just as bad or worse, and maybe they just didn't get any coverage. I think that's a strong argument that can be made. I would say that the reason this is getting so much coverage is because of World War II. And people understand that that is a powder keg, and you can have a very quick escalation of multiple people being involved in possibly creating another global conflict. So I think that's why there's so much visibility on this. But I wanted to believe that intertwined economies would stop this from happening. It's kind of like what I was hoping that you know businesses would do for human work, right? It's like, I have this belief that makes me feel better, which is like once there's McDonald's everywhere, nobody's going to want to attack each other because you're going to hurt your customers. But that's clearly not true. I think it's another Santa Claus fantasy that we need to stop believing in. I am happy, though, that the U.S. did a good job of uniting most of the world against Putin, and it's both sad and inspiring to see the strength of the Ukrainian people very disappointed in China's response with the government publicly saying they're on Russia's side and the people like the internet community and internet response seems to be on the side of Russia as well in China really does frame China and Russia as two authoritarian states in a world that's trying hard to move away from that model and I guess I hope that the Russian people somehow find a way to remove Putin I'm not optimistic about what he'd be replaced with but I think it's time to take that risk. And I'm hoping for a quick resolution and to Vlad and the UL community and everyone else from Ukraine or Russia. Just uh, wish you well in this difficult time. Notes. We had a spectacular book club yesterday about the sovereign individual. We ended up spending probably like 30 minutes just talking about Ukraine for obvious reasons. and. Uh, like 90 minutes of active discussion. Then we pick the new book. And the new book is called Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe. It's a classical selection in our current rotation of fiction, nonfiction, classic, then nonfiction again. And I've got an idea that I'm brewing about crypto NFT Web3 that I'm actually excited about. I haven't 
had too many interesting thoughts, in my opinion, about this. I've had one or two, but this this next one I'm thinking about, I think, uh, is pretty cool, and I think you'll enjoy it. Should have a podcast on that soon, maybe this week, and perhaps an essay. Discovery. David Brooks, like me, is predicting a Trump win in 2024 if Democrats don't figure out how to appeal to everyday American concerns. Got a DJ who did a collaborative beat creation jam session with an AI. Machine learning is still too hard for software engineers. Lex had a long-form conversation with Zuckerberg, which I listened to the entire thing last night. I thought it was quite decent. Grammarly is basically a keylogger. Optimize for simplicity first. In praise of writing. KGB defector Yuri Bezomenov talks about how to destroy America through information campaigns. This is a video from 1984. Must see. And got a book here. Practical Doomsday. A user's guide to the end of the world. So cheery. Goodness. I mean, I feel bad about just promulgating all this bad news, but at the same time, I'd feel bad if I was trying to pretend everything was okay. Recommendation? As we watch this war in Ukraine play out in front of us in an unprecedented way, be careful what you share and encourage your friends and family to do the same. There are people out there who are wrong on accident, and there are various actors trying to inject confusion into the narratives. Try to make sure that the sources you're looking at are legitimate before listening to them and before sharing their content. In the aphorism for the week, big things are often easy if you can do the basics well, but doing the basics well is usually hard. Examples of this include relationships, security programs, diet and exercise, careers, and life. And this one is by me. Try to have a good week. See you next time.